If you have your Bibles, we're going to begin in this summer breakthrough, second Bible study in 1 Samuel. So it's in the Old Testament, chapter 17 and verse 40. Chapter 17 and verse 40. And this is a very powerful uh, chapter and in it, we have the competition of two men, one named David and one named Marlena. No, one named Goliath. So the Bible says in 1 Samuel, hello, sister, chapter 17 and verse 40, and he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. God laid it on my heart to deal with some of these, uh, these, these uh, accounts in the Word of God because summer break, and most of the kids are on break, right? Thank God for it. Enjoy it when you're young. But there can be a spirit when we are on summer break. It's a break from taking kids to school. It's a break from the daily grind. But summer break can also be a break from the move of God. It can be a break from that, uh, that, that spiritual reign or that, that satisfaction of God. So in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 40, we really need a summer breakthrough. So these Bible studies through the summer are going to use the Word of God to show us how to make breakthroughs in our lives. And really there's a pattern that I want to show you that kind of repeats itself over and over again. So the first, there's three phases in the Bible study. The first one is in the summer breakthrough is to get out of the comfort zone. That's the first thing God does before he does anything else. So if you ever feel nervous, man, I remember I was so nervous before I prayed and gave my heart to Jesus Christ. Man, I was nervous when service started. I remember the service. They all began to lift up their hands and I put my hands together and, and you know, kind of lowered my head and prayed. And I think I was praying because I really didn't know what was going on. It was uncomfortable. It was unlike anything that I had experienced growing up. But God was getting me out of my comfort zone. Because the next thing God wants to do when he gets you out of your comfort zone is get you up to the growth zone. So we get out of the comfort zone, phase one. We get up to the growth zone, that's phase two. And you got to do the first one first. And then you get into the end zone. And that's in the, in the game of American football. That's where you score your points. And I believe all of us, we want to score points. We want to actually have growth in our lives. We want things to go forward. So the first thing in our Bible study, let's look at getting out of the comfort zone. How David got out of the comfort zone. Maybe how he felt his... His uh, stomach tighten a little bit. Have you ever felt that? Someone challenges you or something and you feel your stomach kind of tighten up a little bit? Well, in the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 17, we read in verse 4, there went out a champion 
out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. You'd have to have like stairs just to climb this guy, okay? Now, I have a great fear of stairs. You know why? Because they're always up to something. But this man was six cubits in a span. Now, I know that we don't measure that way anymore. What's a cubit anyway? A cubit is nothing like a Q-tip, okay? Now, a cubit is an ancient form of measurement. So everyone, I, just humor me, okay? Everyone lift up your forearm like this. It's not a joke. I want to show you what a cubit is. A cubit is the measurement from your elbow all the way up to your middle finger, which should be your longest finger. If it's not, whatever your longest finger is, okay? And that goes anywhere from, it's an ancient measurement. So 19 inches, uh, 22 inches, and anywhere in there up to 25 inches. And that was the kind of the measure back then. And you could actually, you know, you could lay something down. It was kind of like a ruler and a half. And then, so he was six cubits and a span. So we're going to play another game. But I want to teach you what this is. Because these are ancient measurements. They don't use inches and feet, okay? So when you read about the ark, you can be like, oh, cubits, I know. And you could go, can you see someone that actually made a stick, okay? So they wouldn't actually get down to the ground with their arm, all right? But they had these measuring tools and a span. So everybody lift up your hands like this. Everyone lift up your hand, just one hand, okay? A span goes from the tip of your thumb to the tip of your little finger. And so you can kind of put that down. You can put your hands down, but that is what a span is. So what about 10 inches or nine inches? So Goliath was about 10, 11, 12 feet tall. He wasn't seven feet tall. He wasn't eight feet tall. He was huge. Now, what is, maybe this is nine or 10 feet tall right here. He'd be scraping the, the roof. He'd be scraping the ceiling if he walked into most houses in America, nine foot ceilings. He'd have to come in and bend down. The guy was huge. He would make NBA stars look little. You know, my daughter would have to stand on an NBA star just to meet Goliath face to face. But, well, there's something about Goliath. And you know, a lot of the challenges in our life they like to intimidate us. I was reading about uh, Blackbeard the pirate, and he would put these smoking fuses under his hat, and they would, they would smoke, and they would intimidate his enemy because he would rather someone be afraid of him than fight him. You know why? Because when someone shoots at you or stabs you, they could kill you. So he wanted to use psychological manipulation. Well, his height, no doubt, was a psychological manipulation. And we'll find out a lot of people didn't want to go face something that big. And when God gets out of a, us out of a comfort zone, a lot of times he's going to get us to face our fears, face our bullies. You know that bullies don't always use force. You know what bullies use? Fear. Now, a lot of times a bully might be big, but they might not be tough because no one ever fights them because everyone's afraid because the bully is big and not all bullies are boys there's some girls that are bullies too and so the bible said he carried about 300 pounds of armor and weapons on him no wonder he had this guy to carry a shield and he, he cried out in verse 8 he said choose you a man for you and let him come down to me so it was a call out and really it was a call out of the comfort zone that's what it really is if he be able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. Well, don't make a deal with the devil anyway. <laughs> he never keeps up his end of the bargain, right? 
But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. So when Saul and Israel heard all these words, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. You know that I though believe that God calls us out. It really wasn't a call out from Goliath. It was a call out from God to all these men of Israel. And there's a guy there, David, taking cheeses and he was going to get a pledge, which was a token that his brothers were still alive, like a piece of hair or something that they would clip and proof of life that his brothers were still alive. They were fighting in Saul's army, some of them. So he's there and he hears this 40 days and 40 nights. Goliath came out for 40 days and he would challenge Israel. And so David's like, hey, I'll go fight. Man, that's something. Nobody else took the challenge. You know that, um, you ever heard that light travels faster than sound? That's why some people appear bright until they speak. (laughs) But anyway, so David's brother, Eliab, who is this big man. Look at verse 28. Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men because David's like, I'll go. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Isn't it interesting? David didn't just face pressure from the enemy down in the valley. He faced pressure from his own family. Isn't that something when you take a stand for God or when you step up? It's not just Goliath that tries to get you down. Sometimes it's your own family. And what did Eliab do? You know, have you ever been kind of like you're afraid of something and when someone else does it, you try to knock them down because you're too afraid to do it? So you try to try to make them ashamed because if they go do it, they're going to make you look bad. And Eliab knew it. If my little brother goes and whoops this giant, I'm going to look like a wimp. So what does he do? He tries to shame David. You know that there's sometimes people can shame you. Reverend Keckle said this some time ago in a conference. You know, on a playground, people shame you. They mock you. They mock the way you look. They mock, But they can't make you ashamed. So people can shame you. What did David say? He said, what have I now done? I didn't do anything. I like that. Come back. You know, you can get frisky when you're a Christian. You don't have to sit there and take it. And he goes, is there not a cause? He said, Eliab, this isn't about you or me. It's about God. We need to get out of our comfort zone. So, uh, you know, that the Bible says, and I like this challenge because it gets us out of our comfort zone to invite someone to church. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, it's interesting. There was a gentleman that came to church. Um, His wife attended here. His name was David Frazier. He was in the Navy, but he came and he won the soul winning contest and he was just visiting. So how would this guy, and now it wasn't for invites, it was for people that you brought to church. And so he was an officer in the Navy. And he told me they have these break rooms in the Navy. Uh, They're called day rooms or something. And everyone gathers together, watches like a big screen TV. I think this was maybe, though, 
at the MWR, which is the, you know, like their big, you know, kind of hangout place. But he stood in front of all these guys in front of the television. And he goes, who wants to come to church? I mean, he like invited, I don't know how many guys. The man was not ashamed. And guess what? He brought people. But he was just not ashamed. He said, well, he would look like a fool. He was an officer. He wasn't a fool. He, had, he was an elite member of our Navy. But you know what? He wasn't ashamed to tell anybody and everybody about Jesus Christ. And that gets out of our comfort zone. And so what did Saul do? The king who was too chicken to fight. Eliab made fun of David. But what did the king do? The king... Take my armor. You know, you know. have you ever been too chicken to do something? But you say, hey man, just take my car. I, I Basically, you're saying, I'm too chicken to go, but you can have my stuff and go do my job for me. You see, he was the king. He was the one that was supposed to go and fight. Saul was the king of Israel. But you know what? A lot of times, isn't it? You know, David put on this armor. So David has Saul's armor on. I can imagine him looking around. And he what does he say? He said, he said, I haven't proved this. I can't use this. But it's interesting. Uh, you know, sometimes we put armor on in our lives because we've been hurt. Someone's told us something in our life that you're not good enough. What do you do? You put armor against other people. It's like an insulation, right? So you begin to work really hard. Maybe you, uh, you know, make a lot of money because you have to prove yourself because someone told you you're not good enough. And so you have to do things, and it's like wearing this heavy armor. And David, for a moment, he's like, man, I'm trying to live someone else's life wearing all this heavy armor of Saul. But you know that uh, what he did was he took it off. You know, a lot of times we carry this heavy armor of our, our past, what people said. But how long are we going to wear that, and when are we just going to take it off? And be what God wants us to be. That's what David did. He's like, I'm not going to use all this stuff. And he just took it all off. And uh, he took the stuff that he had. He took his staff. He took his bag or his script. And he took his sling. And he went down with the things that he knew worked in his life. I remember there's an account in Mark chapter 10. Blind Bartimaeus. And uh, Jesus stood still after blind Bartimaeus excuse me, had called. And the Bible said in Mark chapter 10 and verse 49, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. What did blind Bartimaeus do? And he, the blind, uh, the blind uh, beggars would have these garments to keep themselves you know, warm at night and probably cool during the day, keep the sun off you. He, casting away his garment rose and came to jesus what was he doing he was saying look i trust that jesus is going to do something it's like throwing your crutches away it's like you know what if god's going to do something i'm not going to need this covering anymore and i really challenge you that when god calls us out of our comfort zone it's so that we can lay aside some of those insecurities that we have it's like you can't invite anyone to church you're no good wait a second who says God says that you've been redeemed, you're bought with a price. God thought you were worth something. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves you so that he sent his son to die for you. You mean something to God because your mom or dad might have not agreed with that. That's their problem. What have I now done? There's a cause to come out of the comfort zone. So he took off the armor that Saul gave him 
And then he marched down into the valley. You know, it takes a made-up mind to do that, doesn't it? You never, you ever heard of a bee? We know that squirrels can't make up their mind because that's why they get hit and, you know, they, they go this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, and then they get run over. And those possums just hiss at the car. <laughs> Boom, and you hit them, right? But what about a bee that can't make up its mind? They have those. You know what you call them? A maybe. But you ever hear that? Like, hey, you want to come to church? Maybe. But you know that when you get out of the comfort zone, you really have to have a made up mind. That was really bad, wasn't it? But (laughs) David had a made up mind. Notice, he's going where nobody else went. And a lot of times you say, well, preacher, that no one else has done it in my family. Yeah, I know. Maybe you'll be the first. You ever hear all these kids? I'm the first one in my family to go to college. No one's done it before. I know. Until you do it. That's what getting out of the comfort zone is all about. Because once you do it, then you get into the growth zone. You step away from the crowd and see what God wants you to do. So he stepped out of the comfort zone. He started going down towards this valley. So Israel was on one mountainside. The Philistine army was on the other. And in the middle... In this valley, there stood Goliath. And here comes David, and he starts going down. You know what God dealt with my heart about? Um, so, preacher, you said the growth zone going up, and David's going down. You know that uh, in God, I've learned this. <laughs> Many times in God, up is really down, and down is up. It's backwards. God doesn't work like it. God doesn't exalt in pride, but he exalts us. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So David went to the valley. He was in the growth zone. And he said, preacher, what about valleys? Valleys are part of life, aren't they? Low points. But low points can become high points. And didn't this same person write in Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And then he said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. A rod was a tool of the shepherds. It kind of had like a, an orange side. It was, a, it was like a billy club. It had an orange-sized knob on one side. And it had like a loop where they could either, they could like uh, attack a wolf or they could fling it like a, like a club at a wolf. And uh, one of the uh, 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 aggressors that tried to attack the sheep, the staff was for sure footing. And uh, they also had a scrip, a, a provisional bag, and they had a sling. We'll talk about that in a moment. But there was a preacher that said, was asked, what's your favorite, what's your favorite scripture? And the old preacher said, well... It's part of a scripture. And he said, the young preacher said, what? And the old preacher said, it came to pass. He said, what do you mean? Not John 3, 16? Not, not Romans 8, 28? Not Genesis chapter 1, verse 1? He said, no. He said, well, why is that your favorite scripture? He said, no matter what I go through in life, I know that it's not going to last forever. You see, if we're in a, t- in a period of growth in our life, brethren, it's not going to last forever. Tests don't last forever. Valleys don't last forever. But the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, 
The Bible said, for I have learned. You know that Paul said, I learned something. Have you ever learned anything in the experiences of your life? Has God ever taught you anything? I've learned a lot about me. <laughs> you know, when you go through something, you act this way, or you don't act the right way, or you do act the right way, and other people don't like it, and you'd be like, wow, it teaches you about yourself and others. But I believe that God teaches us things in the growth zone. You see, when you step out of the comfort zone, then you're ready to learn something. Um, Paul said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed. So Paul can still learn. Man, if he's an apostle, we can still learn. That's Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11 and 12. Both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So what did Paul learn through all those things? He learned the next verse too. I can do all things through Christ. Well, how did he learn that? He had to face some things. Well, what does Christ do? He strengthens me. Now, uh, before David even went, he had to prove himself to Saul. And he began to share about how he slew the lion and slew the bear. You know, everything that we go through is building us up for the next thing we're going to go through. Even the Bible study tonight, you might face something tomorrow at work, something at home, and God wants to teach you things and prepare you for things and maybe a decision that you make tonight to get you on a different plane to handle the next thing that's going to come your way. Like my daughter said, I'm scared, you know, to do these tests at school. And I'm like, okay. She said, the sixth graders, they have these tests. I said, honey, you're in first grade. You got five years. But she was scared. Look, you don't have to worry about that. You'll grow, hopefully, some before sixth grade, right? But you see that we need this growth because we need this growth zone because some tools and opportunities will not be available to us unless we step out of the comfort zone and step up into the growth zone. So where were the stones that he chose? These shepherds would choose stones for their slings. Now, it wasn't a slingshot, okay? If you hear that David used his slingshot, that's someone who hasn't read their Bible, okay? A sling was basically a long piece of leather, and it had uh, a wide part in the middle of the leather. It might have been leather or some type of... uh, wool or material so it was a long strap basically right and it had a thumb loop that would go around your thumb and uh, in the middle of it uh, you would stick a smooth stone and then you would wrap the other part back into your hand you would swing it around and then you would point it where you want to shoot and let it go and the stone would follow when the part of that strap came out of your hand the other part being held by that loop and it would, according to one man, uh, it would be almost like a gun, uh, the velocity of shooting a pistol. So Goliath really brought a knife to a gunfight. David had what was equivalent to a pistol that was with him. And, you know, we have much more than that with God. But David, where did he get? It says in our scripture, he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. They were on a riverbed. Where do you get smooth stones? You ever skip rocks before? You want those smooth ones because they fly better? Well, where was the brook? Geographically, is the brook 
on you know the mountaintop? No, that'd be called a waterfall, right? The brook, the water finds the lowest. Uh, the water finds its way down to the bottom, right? So the brooks run in the valley. The weapon was in the valley. You know, if you've ever not, if you've ever gone through something, God will take you through something in order to arm you for the battle that you're facing, to really give you that breakthrough. He puts you in that uncomfortable zone to get you the armament that he needs. So when David came to Goliath, he, he chose those stones out. And notice, uh, I'm running out of time, but when he came to Goliath, Goliath basically wasn't impressed with David, okay? He's like, I'm a dog. You're sending me this runt with a staff? I mean, come on, Israel. But anyway, so David said, you come to me, and he, he, he accounts for his weapons, a sword, a spear, a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. David, when we get into the growth zone, we don't look at ourselves, do we? One of the natures of getting into the growth zone, and this pattern's all over in the Word of God, right? We focus on God. And I read this account. David never mentions Goliath's size. It seems like the one thing that everybody sees is like, David never's like, he's never like, whoa, you are big dude. <laughs> You're a big mamma jamma. No, he never says that. He's like, hey, you got all this stuff? He's like, I got something that's bigger. What did he do? David magnified God. When we're in our growth zone, that's what we should be doing, magnifying God. Because uh, remember when Paul and Silas were, uh, they were in this prison at midnight and they had been beaten? What did they do? They prayed and sang praises unto God. They weren't playing a sad country song. Turn on some Travis Tritt, man. It's a bad day. Get some Reba on. Maybe get the jailer to play me something, get the cup and run along the bars. No. They're like, you know what? Praise God. We're still going to trust God. And then there was an earthquake. And the Bible said every door was opened and every man's bond was loosed. They magnified God. You know what it says in Psalm chapter 34? Whatever we magnify gets bigger, right? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. He didn't magnify Goliath. It's a preacher, but I have a doctor's exam. Okay. We all do. Let's magnify the Lord. What can God do? God can do it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And that's the thing when we're facing things and, you know, my wife and I thank God for my wife and I've sometimes gotten into the mully grubs or whatever. And she goes, no, we claim that from God. We're going we're gonna to focus on God. And a lot of times circumstances, they'll like conspire to come against you. But brethren, they can come against you, but they can't change and can't stop us from magnifying God. That's how we grow. Say, so, well, praise God. All this crazy stuff is happening. God, you're going to have to do a really big miracle. Amen. I went to get my car checked out, check engine light was on, and sometimes this place charges 140 bucks just to do that. And I'm like, oh, praise God. And, but it's a dealer. They can do whatever they want. They're a dealer, right? So I went in there and I was like, well, praise God. The guy's just like, oh, just let me hook it up for you. Like, no charge. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he didn't say the no charge part, but he meant I'm not charging you. So I just let him hook it up and it just, you know, was a quick fix, easy fix, fuel treatment. Praise God. You know that God is an amazing God. And say, so what do you do? Take a step forward out of the comfort zone. I'm about done. I got like two minutes, okay? And then take a step up into the growth zone. And what's that? You won't be 
long until you get into the end zone. See, God sets you up for victory and not defeat. Because God never loses. God always wins. God always wins. Read the Bible. People always win with God. So what if David, what if Goliath drew his sword and you know, cut the whole left side of David off? <laughs> He'd be all right now. Just letting the hang time there. But the Bible said that David put his hand in his bag and took fence a stone and slang it. And the Bible said it sunk down into Goliath's forehead. And then David drew his sword. Goliath hadn't even drawn his sword. Some people don't think you're a threat. Well, I'm not a threat, but God is. And he drew his own sword from the man's dead body and cut his head off. Let me tell you, I heard this message preached, but man, it's so true. To get into the end zone, brethren, there is victory in the valley. There is victory. Say, preacher, why am I in this valley? I don't know. But let me tell you what, David, he, he said, like we sing that song, Victory Ahead. <laughs> David could lift up the head and say, Victory Ahead. <laughs> but the Bible says that he got victory in the place where all of the other people said there were sure defeat. David said, wait a second, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe in God, get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to go down into this valley and step up into the growth zone. And then God's going to carry me through with his word and by his spirit to the end zone. 